It is our weekly LA Kings fan feedback show. We give you a chance to talk about the Kings' chances in the playoffs, the Kings' toughness or lack thereof, and of course, the Kings' goaltending situation. All that and more on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you are enjoying this content. My name is Eddie Garcia. I'm your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years. And of course, a passionate LA Kings fan. For 30 years. Before we get to your emails and YouTube comments from the past week, we are down to one. One final game in the regular season tonight in Anaheim. And as if you watched our Pacific Division Roundtable show yesterday on Wednesday, uh, then we talked about this a little bit. But tonight is essentially the final night of the regular season. There are two games coming up on Friday. One of them has a chance to decide something more in the Central Division. Um, but we're obviously focusing on the four teams in the Pacific Division that are going to be in the playoffs, but we do not know going into today who is going to be playing who. It will likely all be decided tonight. We'll give you a quick refresher course on how this is going to go, uh, but Vegas is in first place with 109 points. They play in Seattle tonight. The Golden Knights will win the Pacific Division and earn the number one seed in the West with a win, an overtime or shootout loss, or an Edmonton loss tonight. Speaking of the Oilers, they have 107 points, two points behind Vegas. They host San Jose tonight. The Oilers will win the Pacific Division and earn the number one seed in the West with a win and a Vegas loss in regulation. So the division title still is has a chance for Edmonton, but they need to win and get help. As for our LA Kings, 102 points. Obviously, they're in Anaheim to face the Ducks tonight. The Kings will lock up the number three seed and face the number two seed in the Pacific Division in the first round of the playoffs with a win or an overtime or shootout loss or a loss by Seattle. The Kraken are two points behind the Kings with 100 points. They will host Las Vegas tonight. Uh, the Kraken will earn that number three seed in the Pacific with a win over Vegas and a Kings loss in regulation. That would send the Kings to the number one wildcard spot in the West and they would face the winner of the Central Division in the first round, which would be either the Dallas Stars or the Colorado Avalanche. Right now, the Stars have a one-point lead on Colorado, but the Avalanche have two games left. The Stars have one, so there's still stuff that to be determined there. But that's basically, in a nutshell, the uh, scenarios for tonight's games. Obviously, we'll be talking more about this on tomorrow's show. Again, we should know tomorrow who the Kings are going to be playing um, if it is a wild card position, then that might not be decided, but we'll talk much more about that tomorrow. But that's some of the scenarios going into tonight's action. As for tonight's game, uh, we are not expected to see Kevin Fiala, still not skating, not expected to see Gabe Velarde. Uh, he is back skating um, by himself, not with the team. So good that he's skating, 
But uh, as we talked about on yesterday's show, I briefly mentioned when talking about the health of the LA Kings, head coach Todd McClellan's quote was, fingers crossed that Fiala and Velarde will be available for the playoffs. Um, so it looks like Velarde is a little bit more ahead of schedule than Fiala, but who knows? We'll really, we really won't know until game one of the playoffs. Maybe they're just holding Fiala out. Seems unlikely. Seems like they would want him to skate, but who knows? Maybe he skates over the weekend and gets in there for game one. But I'm a, I'm with Todd McClellan. Fingers are crossed. Prayers, all that, that we could have a full lineup uh, for our first playoff game, regardless of who it is against. Uh, as for Alex Edler, the veteran defenseman, uh, he has skated the last couple of games uh, in full practice. He's been a full participant, not wearing the red non-contact jersey. Um, but I don't know if we're going to see him tonight or not against the Ducks. They may just say, go ahead and take the rest of the, uh, you know, this game off and the rest of the weekend and be ready to go uh, for the start of the playoffs on Monday. We will see Jonas Corposalo in net in the regular season finale. He had the shutout in the last game against Vancouver. I think this is clearly another indication that it is going to be Jonas Corposalo over Phoenix Copley to start the playoffs as the Kings number one goalie. I had mentioned that I had been leaning that way. Um, I think clearly the coaching staff has been leaning that way. Um, we're going to talk more about it in some of your comments regarding the Kings goalie situation. Um, I'll, I'll repeat it again. I'm comfortable with either player, but I do think that Corposalo probably deserves to get the nod because of his playoff experience and because I do think he does have that ability to come up with a key save in a key moment where Phoenix Copley is more of a nuts and bolts kind of a netminder. If he sees it, he's going to stop it. He does a great job, uh, you know, all the way around, but he's not, he's not that guy that's really going to come up with that big game-changing save uh, here and there. At least that's kind of the general feel of it. Uh, head coach Todd McClellan did say at the morning skate today that the team is playing to win tonight, and that's the way it has to be. Uh, I know that we as fans can certainly discuss and debate whether it will be better for our team to win or to lose, to maybe set up a different uh, matchup in the playoffs. Um, but you really can't, as a coach, you can't go into a game, you know, thinking that, telling your players not to play hard or to not win the game. Now it's possible you could do some lineup changes. Maybe you don't play some key players, but even then you're still not telling your team not to play hard or not to win. And as a matter of fact, the Anaheim Ducks tonight have no incentive to win whatsoever. Uh, if they lose, it will help their draft position in their quest to try and get Connor Bedard, who's going to be the number one player picked in the draft, who's supposed to be this generational talent. And yet I'm I'm pretty confident that the Ducks are going to try and play to win tonight. So that's the way it has to be. Uh, again, you could, you know, it's possible you could say, oh, we're going to rest these guys. And maybe that doesn't give your team as good a chance to win. But from all indication, as Tom McCullen said, the Kings are playing to win tonight. They want to have a win to wrap up the season and have a victory to go into the playoffs. And who knows? Who's to say if they, let's just say for the sake of argument, the Kings go out and say, we're going to intentionally lose this game. You don't know. There's no guarantee that that will end up being a favorable matchup. Um, you know, we can go through all the scenarios and all that kind of stuff, but in the end, it's possible we still won't face Edmondson. I know a lot of people are saying we don't want to face the Oilers, and I get that to a point because they've been playing so well. But in the end, you go out and play, and whatever happens, happens. You're going to have to play tough teams regardless. I mean, if you just look back to the Kings 10 years ago, the eighth seed going into the Stanley Cup playoffs, I'm sure lots of uh, people would, would say if we had our choice, we don't want to play the Canucks, the President's Trophy winners as the top regular season team. And what happens? The Kings beat them and go on to win the Stanley Cup final. So you just never know how it's going to work out. But 
the message you send to your team is that anytime we step on the ice, we are playing to win. I'm sure that's going to be the case for all the teams tonight. And also, it's not like you can scoreboard watch and see if there's one matchup that's favorable and the score in our game is this or that. All these games are going on at the same time. So it's just you got to go out and play to win. That's the message to your team always. And I, I think that will be the case for all the teams tonight taking the ice. Uh, nobody's going to be looking to intentionally you know, have a result so they can get a favorable, more favorable matchup in the playoffs. All the playoff teams will be tough. All right, it is time to get to some of your emails. And the first one is on a subject that uh, I have been uh, certainly thinking about a lot lately. Um, but this is from Mike. He is in Carson City, Nevada. And he says, so all the great stats since the All-Star game and the 10-0-2 run had all of us excited for a long playoff run. My, how things have changed in the last two weeks. One ugly stat that no one has mentioned, which leaves me pessimistic for the playoffs, is that the Kings are 1-6-1 and against top 10 teams since the All-Star break. The other main issue I see with the team is a lack of toughness for playoff hockey. Luke Robitaille and Rob Blake were so bent on changing the roster to adhere to the new style of the NHL with the skill and the speed. Well, you need to balance skill and toughness, and right now we lack the toughness. We should have went after Nazem Kadri last offseason, I see he's requested a trade, so maybe we can get him next year along with a big physical left shot defenseman. We have plenty of depth for trades, so we should be able to get just about anybody we want. Uh, we need a Dustin Brown type in his prime. We are bullied by Edmonton last year in the round one, and it will happen again this postseason. I see us getting bounced in five games, no matter who we play in round number one. Let's hope I'm wrong. Uh, yes, uh, Mike, I do hope that you are wrong. Um you know, look, the NHL is not what it once was. It's not what it was when, when I started watching hockey, for sure. It has translated to a more speed and skill game. I think that's actually good for the sport. The games are more exciting. Uh, it's, you know, two goal leads are not nearly what they used to be, that type of thing. So it's good for the league. But there's always going to be an element of toughness. And I know that that's been a, lack, uh, been a concern for a lot of Kings fans for most of the season. Um, I get that, but at the same time, I think the Kings have moved in the right direction. Um, sure, you'd like to have uh, a guy who can go out there and set a tone, but still be someone who can contribute offensively, and the Kings don't really have that guy. Maybe that is something they look to add in the offseason. I don't know about Nazem Kadri. Uh, first of all, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't know if he's demanding a trade or not. I haven't heard that, but uh, I, I, you know, and he's not exactly a bruiser. He's more of an agitator type, but um, I, I get the point. Um but I will say, yes, we, remember we talked about that show when the Kings were, were playing so well and they were on that 12-game point streak. And I, I asked if the Kings are elite. And I said, I'm not ready to go there because they really haven't faced the best of the best. And they were going to get some big games coming up, two against Edmonton, one against Vegas, and the game against Colorado. And three of those four games, the Kings actually played really well, and they were right there. The Vegas game obviously was the exception. But you're right. In the end, they did end up losing all those games. So I understand the pessimism going into the playoffs. Of course, the injuries have certainly played an issue in that as well. Maybe if the Kings were at 100% health, those outcomes would have been a big, bit different. But, you know, look, every team has some injuries. Vegas has their injuries as well. So uh, right now, I would say uh, the way the Kings have played of late and because of the injury situation, I understand some of the pessimism. But hopefully the Kings can get Fiala and Velarde back. And if they do, I think they're, I think they're a tough out in the playoffs. But we'll see. Our next email comes from Brian. He is in Los Alamitos. He says, uh, first of all, thank you for all you do for us Kings fans. To produce a daily show about our beloved Kings truly takes a great deal of hard work and dedication. We really appreciate it. 
Well, thank you, Brian. I really appreciate you saying that. He says, when the Kings had Jonathan Quick in their system as a rookie goalie, do you know if they had any plans for him? Did they see him as a potential number one along with Jonathan Bernier or was his emergence as a great goaltender a total surprise? I also wanted to know your opinion on the NHL's 10-year partnership with Fanatics. Good, bad, indifferent. Thanks again. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Quick was not drafted necessarily to be the goalie of the future. Now, look, you draft players and you all hope for the best, but there is an expectation as far as where they're drafted and what they had done to that point in their career. And Jonathan Quick had time in the ECHL, and that's kind of where you send your goalies that you you have them in the system, but you're not really thinking that eventually they're going to be your number one guy. Uh, of course, goalies develop differently at different speeds, things like that. But Jonathan Bernier was a number one draft pick. The Kings, you know, I think going into it, when you looked at those two goaltenders, I think everybody in the organization would have said, Jonathan Bernier is expected to be our number one goalie. Maybe Jonathan Quick could be the backup at some point. But obviously, uh, like I said, goaltenders do develop a bit differently. Sometimes it takes a little longer. Um, but in the end, Jonathan Quick uh, proved to be uh, the number one goalie and uh, become the greatest goaltender in Kings history. Uh, the thing with fanatics is interesting. And I've seen probably a lot of the things you have seen about a lot of hockey fans being upset at that 10-year deal the NHL signed with fanatics. Um, it wasn't something I really knew about, to be totally honest with you. Um, but there's been a ton of stuff online about the quality of the products that fanatics puts out there, that it's, it's a lot of cheap stuff and things are a little bit off. And then there's some examples that people have posted online of these egregious errors with, uh, you know, spelling of last names or wrong logos being on shirts and all kinds of things. But I hadn't really noticed it until now. Um, I am wearing a fanatics hat. If you're watching this on YouTube, and I think it's a good-looking hat. It seems to be made pretty well. But I think one of the gripes that a lot of people have had is that there is a lack of attention to detail. Now, I'm also wearing a King's Reverse Retro throwback jersey from last season, which is purple. If you're an old head, they used to call it Forum Blue, but it's purple. And I noticed when I wore the jersey and the hat together, it's not the same color. The jersey is purple. The hat is more of a blue color. And when you really look at it, especially if you're kind of comparing the two, it, it does stand out. Um, this is more of a like a St. Louis blues blue color, um, which is a bummer. Uh, and now it bugs me. I didn't even notice it before, but now it does bug me. So uh, I think that's kind of what you're talking about. I think it's what a lot of people are talking about. The, the attention to detail is not there with the Fanatics uh, products. Uh, hopefully they'll step up their game, but the bottom line is this. The NHL doesn't care. They got the biggest check from Fanatics, and that's all they care about, which is unfortunate. When it comes to most things uh, with the NHL, their TV deal, they don't really care if it's harder for you to find the games. They just care what is the check that ESPN and TNT are cutting for us. And if it's the biggest check, that's what we're going to take. Maybe that's the business realities of being the number four of the major four sports in North America, at least in the U.S., but... Um, that's the NHL, unfortunately, right now. Uh, one other uh, email from Randy in Long Beach. He says, I'm thinking about growing a playoff beard this year in solidarity with the Kings, but that brings up a few questions. When exactly do you start growing the beard? Do you start when the playoffs start or when it's clinched or when the regular season ends or when the first playoff game starts? I've never really understood the finer points of the playoff beard etiquette, so hopefully you can help. Well, I don't know that I... I can tell you what my opinion is on it. And uh, and I also have a little, some show and tell here. And again, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll get to see this. 
But um, back in 2012, I grew a playoff beard and and the Kings won the Stanley Cup. I'm not saying they won it because of my beard. I'm just saying that I don't, I like, I have facial hair almost always, but it's like some stubble. I've got a goatee. It's never a full on beard. And I don't really like growing a beard, but I, you know, it's a tradition. It's a fun thing. And I'm going to be doing it again this year. So here's my, here's my opinion on how it should work. My opinion is within 24 hours of puck drop of game one, you need to completely shave clean and you don't touch your facial hair. You don't trim it. Don't nothing. You leave it alone until they lose that last playoff game. And then you can all bets are off. You can shave it off immediately or do whatever you want. So by the way, here is a picture. Uh, it's actually, well, it's a picture of my media credential from the 2012 Stanley cup playoffs. So if you're watching on YouTube, you see my face. Now here is what I looked like during the Stanley cup final back in 2012. So you can see a full on beard. There's definitely some gray there on the chin. I'm guessing 10 years later, there's going to be some more gray in the beard but yeah, there's my media credential from uh, the Stanley Cup final. Um, it's not a great look, <laughs> but it was fun to do. Uh, and if the if the Kings win another Stanley Cup, I will be more than happy to have a big, ugly, bushy gray beard when it's all said and done. So coming up on Monday's show, you're going to see me completely shaved clean, and we're going to just let it go the rest of the way as long as the Kings are in the playoffs. Again, it's it's one of those fun things. But that's that's my that's my read, Randy, on the playoff beard etiquette completely shave within 24 hours of puck drop. And then it just, you don't touch it until the Kings uh, are eliminated or until they host hoist the Stanley cup over their head. Uh, we're going to get to some of your YouTube comments and questions in a moment, but first I need to remind you that the NBA playoffs uh, are starting this weekend. Now's the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's a bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point score to three-pointers made. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let us get back to uh, some of your comments. And there were, as you might expect, some comments on the YouTube episodes about the Sean Dursey and Adrian Kempe uh, game where they dropped the gloves uh, against Vancouver. Uh, this came from Ruben Guzman. He says, I was in attendance with my dad rooting for the Kings. Loved seeing the fight in the Kings last night. Literally loved how Dursey stuck up for Lizzo and how Kempe and Miller squared up. Glad they didn't get hurt. I've been thoroughly impressed by uh, Corpy and Vladdy since they've been acquired. I hope and pray that to the Kings, uh, that they stay with the Kings for some time. Love to see Vladdy make that call. Uh, great show and go Kings go. Uh, Dave Youngmark says, good to see the team show some grit. Kings need to focus on finishing strong and placing as high in the standings as possible. Don't want to go into the playoffs with the mindset that one team is a better matchup than the other. Look what happened in 2018 when the Kings seemingly lost the last game intentionally in order to face an expansion. Vegas team in the first round. Edmonton may be the toughest matchup, but the Kings are the team that can take them down in the first round. Go Kings, go. I hope that's uh, I hope that's true, Dave. I, I am actually optimistic as well if we can get Fiala and Velarde back. Uh, if not for the start of the series, then very soon thereafter. Uh, obviously, the Kings goalie situation has uh, brought up a lot of comments, uh, both good, bad, and indifferent. Um, this one comes from Frank Pareda. 
He says, I agree with your analysis of Phoenix Copley, but you need a goalie that is capable of coming up with a game-saving save, and Copley is not that. Uh, Frank also says, I would like to see Ayafalo given a chance on the top line. Um, you know, we saw Ayafalo almost all last season on the top line, and it really didn't work out. So I'm I'm fine with the Kings staying with where, where they are with the top line. Um, and I do agree with you, Frank, on the on what I've mentioned with Phoenix Copley, a, a good, solid, fundamentally sound goalie. Um, I think he's a great backup, um, but he doesn't really come up with those big, big saves in the key moments. Um, so that's why I think we're leaning towards Jonas Corbusaro, or at least I am, and it seems like the coaching staff is. Uh, Dave Young checks in. He says, I say the Kings are going to start with Copley because he has been there all season pretty much, and he is also signed for next season. So the Kings are going to try and make the best situation and neither goalie has jumped out to be the number one. I also think you're having a hard time choosing which goalie to start in the playoffs because they are both really good backups and not number one goalies right now. But the chances are good that you might see Corpus Hollow start in game three when the Kings have gotten themselves in an 0-2 hole. But I hope that is not the case. Yes, Dave, I hope that is not the case as well. Uh, Gwendolyn Lipsy says, can we possibly give Phoenix Copley the respect that he has earned and deserved yet? As another fan said, what does this amazing player have to do? How about zero goals given up to Vegas in that ugly game? He has just come to work, done his job well, and saved the season. He is a great goalie. Just say it louder. So Gwendolyn is certainly uh, throwing her hat behind Peter Copley. I will certainly agree with, with uh, that statement that you said, Gwendolyn, where you said he has just come to work, done his job well, and saved the season. Uh, that is a very, very true statement. He just comes to work. He gives you a chance to win every night, and he did save the season. And, uh, you know, again, all pro, full props to what Phoenix Copley has done this season, but I just think that Corpus Allo has a little bit of the edge, and, and that's why I would pick him to start the playoffs. Uh, this from Omar Bracamontes. He says, mad respect for you, Eddie, but come on, man. I feel like every other episode is, did Corpus Allo earn the playoff spot? I do see why it's important. No disrespect. I just feel like at this point, I'm content with either Copley or Corpus Allo and Nett. Much love, love the podcast. I get that, Omar. I get that. Um, it has been a subject pretty much every game, and I can't guarantee it won't be a subject going forward uh, in the playoffs unless one or the other just tears it up and rides the, you know, is, is in the net for a long, long time, which is fine by me. Uh, Mikey J checks in to say, Eddie, nice job on the content. I'm pleased with the shootout, or excuse me, the shutout last game, but still concerned with the Kings offense. Trevor Moore hasn't been the same since returning from his concussion. Byfield has been downright sloppy at times. Kopitar is not generating many chances. Deneau hasn't scored in a while. Really missing Fiala. Hope the Kings can gain some momentum going into this final game against Anaheim. Uh, also, as you might expect, uh, there were some varying opinions on how far the Kings will go in the playoffs given their injury issues and the way they've played of late. We will get more into that in just a second. But first, thank you for listening and watching this show. Once you've finished, I want to invite you to check out Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysts that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. A few more comments to close out this LA Kings fan feedback show. This from Dominic Ephraim. He says, I've mentioned this before somewhere, but it bears repeating here. The Kings, before the injuries, erased a massive uh, standings gap behind Vegas to come within one point of overtaking the Western Conference lead as the number one seed. The Kings right now are in a weird situation. Because of the injuries, they don't really have a lot of control over their destiny on the playoff matchups. But make no mistake, if this team is healthy going to the playoffs, 
Woe to any team they face. They're in for a wake-up call. If they aren't fully healthy, it is what it is. Uh, I, I, you know, that's all I honestly, I just, I just want the Kings to be healthy. I don't want us to have regrets when the season's over, if it doesn't end up the way we want and say, if we had only been healthy, if this guy had only been able to play, I just hope the Kings have their full lineup going into the playoffs and whatever happens happens. But I just, I hate that, you know, that could be a a factor uh, if the Kings don't advance out of the first round. Uh, This from Jeff Silverberg, he says the injuries have seriously affected this team. Obviously, I agree the team needs to get healthy and do whatever they can to get back on track, praying that they can all come back healthy. I know they are a better team than they have recently been, but it does look like the Avalanche are still the team to beat if anyone expects to go deep in the playoffs. Go Kings, go, and thank you, Eddie. Yeah, I would say Colorado and Edmonton right now definitely look like the two teams to beat. I I would give the edge actually to the Oilers. I think they're a little healthier than Colorado. Uh, They played each other the other night in what looked like a Western Conference final repeat. Uh, but we shall see. That's why they play the games. Uh, and this final one comes from Paul Less 99 He says, uh, this game and the game against the Oilers, both home and away, showed me that the Kings are not ready to compete with the elite teams. I hope I'm wrong, but I see the Kings not advancing out of the first round. Uh, like I said, I, I can certainly understand why the Oilers would be a favorite because of how they've played recently against the Kings head-to-head and how they've played overall down the stretch. But I do think the Kings have played the Oilers tough. I really do. I think they've been the best team in the NHL head-to-head against that Oilers incredible power play. Um, I think, you know, they're going to call playoff hockey a little bit tighter. Maybe the Oilers don't get as many power play opportunities as they have during the regular season. We shall see. But um, it'll all be cleared up tonight. We should know tomorrow who the Kings are going to play, and then we can kind of really get into the matchups and how the Kings will fare against likely the Oilers, but we shall see. So coming up on tomorrow's show, again, full recap of the Kings final regular season game against the Ducks. We're going to tell you most likely who the Kings are going to play in the first round of the playoffs. Hopefully we can tell you when game one is. Think it's going to be on Monday, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, And then obviously, like I said, give you our thoughts and opinions on whatever that matchup is. It has been a very eventful, fun, regular season for the LA Kings that comes to a close tonight. Glad you've been on this journey with me as I've taken over as host of Locked on LA Kings. Looking forward to uh, talking about some playoff hockey coming up on tomorrow's show. If you would like to take part in an LA Kings fan feedback show going forward, you can send me an email at any time. It is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. You can always leave your comments or questions in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. We are on Twitter at LockedOnLAKings and Instagram as well at Locked on LA Kings. We'd love to you to follow us and be interactive with us on those platforms as well. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you as always for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We will talk to you tomorrow. We'll find out who the Kings are going to play in the playoffs. Break it all down. As always, go Kings go.